Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Hope you're having a good day, enjoying this nice weather. Not too humid out. Feels pretty good. Should have a fun show for you today. There's plenty to talk about. Um, Jamal Murray will take on... The Dominican Republic tonight representing Team Canada in the Pan Am Games. Uh, Rick Pitino had his international coaching debut today. We'll talk about that. It did not go well. Spoiler alert. And then there's a lot of other. UAB is getting their football program back. We'll talk about that. Colleges could be back on video games. I'll give you a little, a few more details. Also, college football playoffs, thinking about expanding to eight teams. We'll talk that, and we'll talk college basketball with Rob Doster. Like we do every Tuesday, Doster Tuesdays here on the Sports Talker with me, TJ Walker, and as always, I'm joined with Trevor. Trevor, how's it going? First of all, you're supposed to say spoiler before you give the spoiler, not after. Well, I'm doing it after, just so, and then letting you know that that was in fact a spoiler. I, I think I, that, I think I figured that out before you said spoiler. But other than that, doing awesome, TJ. Thanks for asking. Good. I just had I'm, to correct I'm, you on that one. I do that a lot. I have to correct you a lot on a lot of things, and I, that was just one thing I had to start with today. Uh, we both we were talking before the show, and we might we might both go see the same movie tonight. Not not together, <laughs> unfortunately, because I, I'm uh, you're more of a night owl than I am. Well, well you don't but, want, you want to be seen in public with me, TJ? Is that what uh, it is? I, I, am, I, I, am I your ugly side dish? Is that what you're saying? I'd be all for seeing a movie with you. I'd let you buy the popcorn. We could have a few laughs. But you likely wouldn't be going until after 10 o'clock, and that's past my bedtime, man. Oh, boo-hoo. Now, when you get to popcorn, do you go with the uh, additional uh, flavor powder that you put on that? No. You're missing out, buddy. I just go a little butter and call it a day. But here's the thing. I've only had a few soft drinks this entire year, and I haven't had one period in probably two months. But might want to call a doctor about that. But... No, having pop movie theater popcorn without a soft drink is uh, terrible. It's just not nearly as fun. I'd have to agree to that. Even though last couple movies I went to, I did get a, I did take water with me because I've given up soda, but I did eat popcorn. See what what's popcorn with water like? I feel like that would be eating spaghetti without meatball. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad actually, but uh, I mean it's it's a flavored water, so it's not as bad. I mean it's it's like it was like basically having a lemonade. Yeah. But I got to yeah. have the popcorn. Got, I mean, gotta, I, I got to have at least that. I've got to think about it in my head if that's something that, that could work for me. I may, I'm actually, maybe I'll just sneak in lemonade tonight because I, I love lemonade. And the thing is, I, I, I've cut out soft drinks and I don't drink lemonade every day. I probably twice or three times a week. But lemonade is equally as bad as you as, as a soft drink is. But I guess I just have the – I can at least say I haven't had any soft drinks. Why so. use that lemonade, the Mio lemonade I put in my water, which tastes like real lemonade? Yeah, but that's – and that's good for you or well, not bad? it's not as bad as drinking a lemonade that you're probably assuming like from a uh, manufactured lemonade. It's probably going to have 70% sugar and then the rest lemon, 10 right, yeah. 30% lemon. It's got the. It's made with that Splenda stuff that all the Mios are made with, so it's got the fake sugar in it. But well, it's maybe not as great for you as just flat out water, or, or in, you know, or adding any other flavoring to the water. It would be, but I don't think it's as bad as drinking a lemonade that you would probably have, you know, two tons of sugar in. Well, Hannah actually bought some lemons, so maybe I'll just cut up some lemons and, and make your own homemade them. lemonade. 
I'm I, well. I'm all for actually just lemon flavored water, and I think that's part of the reason why I like lemonade so much. So I'll, I'll figure something. Are you out. gonna be like but, cousin Eddie making your own homemade ketchup too? Yeah, yeah. Um, but how, how's that go? I, you know, I, I, I had discussed it with you briefly, but then we had to go on the air. So you you gave up fried food or fast food and. Uh, soft drinks uh, a few months ago or two months ago maybe how's that coming along it's been a while uh well the the, the soft drinks has been uh, a goal accomplished the uh the fast foods i have not completely cut out completely but uh, i have cut down probably 85 to 90 percent of it uh, so you're well i'm disappointed to hear that you're you're going but that's still that's still good well i've cut out like taco but I, ha- I have been a weakness and stopped at a chick-fil-a or a, an arby's on occasion uh, I don't know if something like a McAllister's or a Jason's Deli is considered fast food. I, I wouldn't consider that fast food. I, I'd give that to you. Does does fast food the definition have to have a drive through? I mean, if so, I mean I've gone to, I've had Subway a couple times, but I've gone to a drive through for it. Uh, in fact, I do Subway almost every Wednesday, uh, right after I finish this show and before I do our other paid programming, I go to the Subway down the street. But uh, overall, I've, I mean, it's it's gone well. I've lost almost just a little bit over 20 pounds probably in the last two months. Well, that's good. Keep it up, man. We're I'm proud gonna, of you. Sooner than later, I'll be borrowing your clothes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pro- probably. Uh, I, I haven't had. I've been trying to cut down on, uh, on some poundage as well. I haven't had any fried food in July, uh, which has not been as hard as I actually thought it was going to be. Um, not that I, you know, I've still had pizza and, and not great healthy food for me, but, um, so I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm making changes too, Trevor. It's, it's a health kick on 1450, the sports bus. I can't remember the last time I ordered a pizza, which is amazing because it was at the point where like Domino's and Pizza Hut and Papa John's like all knew me. They were like, I, I would order online, but then they just, they, the drivers knew me. I don't know. Maybe they knew me because I tipped well. Or because I uh, ordered uh, frequently from uh, a delivery service like that, but I haven't had. It's been at least more than two months since I've had any of those delivery pizzas, and that's amazing to think. Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, you thirsty there, TJ? I am. Well, I, was, I thought you were going to talk. I didn't think you were going to cut uh, cut off so quickly. Normally, I don't. Normally, I, you can't get me to shut up. But I guess this is one of those rare moments that I, I went short. <laughs> you caught me. Yeah, <laughs> you caught me. Uh, anyway, so. Let's let's what you, first. What are, you, what are you drinking there, by the way? A little whiskey, a little water, a little water, and uh, a little mint julep, maybe. A little, a little bourbon. No, oh, it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's water. Favorite water bourbon. From, uh, Green Bay cup. What is your favorite bourbon? I'm not really all that big of a bourbon guy. I think I talked about this with you during Lent. Yeah. That's starting off the show like we normally do. Not talking anything in particular. Not talking sports on a sports radio show, but that's okay. It's the summer, so I, I and we even do it when it's not the summer. So if you haven't really understood the concept of this show, uh, you're falling a little bit behind. Um, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge bourbon guy. Now, during Lent, I gave up beer so I could try to get myself to start liking bourbon, which is just the cheapest Lenten promise to give up one alcohol just so I can learn <laughs> to like another one. Uh, it it worked a little bit. Isn't that the Catholic way? I like it. I like it more now than I used to. Now I did have some at the lake a few weekends ago. My cousin taught me, and this is bringing it all full, full circle here: uh, lemonade and bourbon, which okay. I had and tried and really, really liked. And, and up until that point, I'd never really found a drink to go with bourbon that I liked. But that that works, I think. Uh, so I'm going to keep trying that. It's interesting. What kind of bourbon was it? 
Um, I'm not 100% sure. I, I wasn't, um, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm new to bourbon, so I couldn't tell you which ones I like the best. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, it might have been Woodford Reserves or something along those lines. What's the one alcohol that you avoid taking shots of because you know nothing good will happen of it because you'll end up drinking too much of it? The none. I, it's funny. Back in high school, I used to only like liquor. And then as soon as I got to college, I only liked beer and did a little bit of a 180 there. Uh, and I don't really like liquor. I, there's, I, I'll, I'll take shots if I have to. Uh, if somebody offers them to me, I will. If somebody wants to make me a mixed drink, I'll have one. But I'm not a, I'm not a huge liquor guy. Uh, I, I stick pretty much strictly to beer. That being said, I've gotten to a point in my 24 years of living where now if I take shots, how hungover I am the next day is unbearable. Yeah, it, it has changed completely for me where I, I even one, even if I just took one shot of fireball, Trevor, the next morning I, I feel it and I think to myself, oh yeah, I took a shot of fireball, no wonder I feel like this. And if I don't, my hangovers are generally okay. They're not, I'll, some days are worse than others depending on how early I start to drink. But it's really just, if I, if I start taking shots, then you might as well wipe out the entire next day because I'm not going to be able to do anything. It's good to know next time I'm hanging out with you not to give you shots if we have to work the next day. Well, when, when have we been in that situation? We'll, we'll get it going. We'll, we're going to get a little 1450 gathering one day at, at some local watering hole establishment, uh, maybe uh, circa the next World Cup, possibly. And uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do shots. We'll do a shot every time, uh, every time the word goal is said. Yates texts into the show and says, ice is what should go with your bourbon. I, I had straight bourbon during Lent, and it was okay. I, I could drink it, but I, I didn't get to a point where I loved it and wanted to keep drinking it. So does that make me not uh, a manly man, Trevor? Uh, the, no, not, not that in particular. There's many other things that, that, that constitute you not to be a manly man. There are? Yes. I'd love to hear those. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll write them down and email them to you. Captain Arctic says he's got the ultimate bourbon collection thanks to Smooth Coat Girl, which I maybe would guess is his wife, I, I imagine. I'm pretty sure that it is. Uh, that's, that's nice. Why don't you send some our way, Captain Arctic, and we would, we'd make a mixed drink for you uh, in your honor. Me is, see, the one drink I can't have because I know nothing good will come from the evening, and I have proof of this. Well, I mean, people have proof of it via picture or video of me. I don't remember the proof. Is Jägermeister. I, and I like Jäger. But when I start taking shots of Jaeger, the night is over with for me. I'll have one shot. It'll be followed by a second shot. And then from that on, I'm not responsible for anything I've done or sexually harassed. That's inappropriate. So you, you like you it know, that that's much? What I, that's what I get told a lot after Jaeger. <laughs> you like it that much where you want to keep drinking it? I mean, I enjoy it. I just I just know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up getting, and I, I, want, I don't want to say blacked out, but to steal a Sunny in Philadelphia reference, I get browned out. <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, it's, it's a <laughs> no. I, I know it's a, that's the that's the quote. Oh, and, I don't remember that part sorry. of the quote. I just remember that scene. <laughs> so, Did you just make that up? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. Yeah, then they use it like the whole show exactly. You know. <laughs> it's an overkill. Yeah. But for those who don't know what browned out is, as opposed to blackout, blackout you remember nothing. Browned out you remember bits and pieces. Yeah, and which is what usually happens to me when I drink too much Jaeger. Whiskey doesn't do it to me as much, or neither does bourbon. Beer, definitely not. 
Do you have any special occasions or sporting events where you have to have a, a drink to not to enjoy it, but it makes your experience that much better? Uh, none, none at this point anymore. No, because I really I don't really drink anymore though. So uh, I, I'm speaking mainly from the the points of my life from about probably 15 to 29 when uh, I give you references to my drinking habits. I see. I have to work sporting events so much. I you know I don't. I don't, Trevor. I don't know how appropriate this is uh, that I'm talking about when I like to drink and when I don't. But I, I work so many sporting events, and obviously I don't drink at those. Uh, although I have, I, 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 not that I've thought about it, but I do think it'd be pretty easy for a media member to sneak in a, a drink if he, if he so choose. Um, oh yeah, they but, don't pat you down. I mean, just what going into the Yum Center. I just well, one the guy, uh, the guy that sits at the door. He's been at the door ever since the Yum Center has been open and. Before then, he was the guy that checked the uh, press passes at uh, Freedom Hall on the side by the by the barns. I mean, he I think I'm sure he probably knows me and me and amongst other people by now. He's seen me so many times that you know I don't even show my pass anymore. I wear it, but I just kind of just walk on by and give him a nod. He gives me a nod, and that's it. It'd be yeah. very easy to walk in with a flask or a you know some kind of you know small bottle of liquor of any kind that I'd want. Not that yeah. I do it though. If anybody from Louisville, I've never done that whatsoever. No, I, I haven't. I never would. Uh, I've heard. I've heard some rumors of of people doing that, or at least back in the day, people doing that. Uh, but I, I wouldn't suspect anybody doing that nowadays. Uh, but so since I have to work so many sporting events when I'm not working, I do like to enjoy a beer uh, during some games that I'm not working. Not just your average game, but United States soccer. I really like to enjoy a few uh, a few beers. It kind of makes the the game. A little bit more enjoyable from a from I, I don't I, I don't really know how to say it. It makes kind of the experience a little bit better. Now I'm, assu- uh, I'm assuming you're you're a happy go lucky drunk, right? When you get when you get a well, good I'm buzz not even talking going. About going I'm, I'm not even talking about getting drunk for these games. Just it, it feels like the game is a little bit more enjoyable if you have a nice cold beer to to enjoy it with. See, I'm not even talking drunk, but uh, yes, I am a I am a pretty happy drunk when I when I do have a little too much. See, that's the difference because I can't. I, that's why I don't drink because I'm not an alcoholic, anything far from it, or never were. But uh, when I if I'm gonna have a beer, I'm gonna have twelve beers. I'm not gonna. I'm not that type of guy that can have one drink while he's eating dinner, or you know, have maybe have a one. I don't like wine, but the, the scenario of just having a glass of wine with dinner, having a you know one tall beer with your meal or something. That's not me. I don't. I don't like that. I'm. I'm more Frank the Tank. Once it hits my lips, it tastes. It feels so good. I've got to have another. And the next thing I know, I'm getting money out of the ATM while I urinate on it. <laughs> uh, that escalated and, very yeah, quickly. And yes, that did happen. <laughs> that that escalated very quickly. Uh, I don't enjoy beer or really any liquor with my food, uh, but I do. I will occasionally have a, a glass of wine at night with no intentions of, of getting buzzed or anything along those lines just because I kind of enjoy it. Nope. So that's why I can't, And that's why I don't drink, though, because I know if I have one drink, I want to have a bunch, and next thing I know, I'm out hanging at the bar at 2 in the morning over at our place or something and probably doing something I, or someone I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> we're going to head to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk sports and leave the alcohol talk behind. That's uh, a nice little random Tuesday conversation to have. Uh, Captain Arctic sent in a picture of his bourbon collection. I don't really even recognize any of those. But again, I'm I'm relatively new to bourbon, so you know. Uh, hopefully, someday I will. We'll be right back though. Here on 1450, the Sports Bus. Stick around. It was a buffalo soldier in the heart. 
You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. But see, the point is, lately, the only women he wants are ugly. Who says they're ugly? Bausch and Loam. Presented by Allen Electric. Haven't you ever heard the phrase that beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Yeah. Did you ever hear the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? We're back for the second segment. Matt McCarthy tweets into the show and said he was driving straight home, but now he's going to have to stop on to the liquors on the to the liquor store on the way home. Uh, thanks a lot. I guess great. We're this, leading. We're leading. We're, we're we're leading people to drinking now. Wouldn't be the first time this show has led people to drink, uh, even though it, it starts while people are at work and finishes on their when uh, on their drive home. Uh, but enjoy enjoy some nice bourbon for me, Matt. And thanks for tweeting into the show. Uh, Captain Arctic says that uh, he's going to teach me about particular bourbon. I'm okay with that. And also that Jamal Murray uh, plays on ESPN3 at 6 o'clock along with former Kentucky player Kyle Wilcher for Team Canada. I'd mentioned that to start the show. They'll take on the Dominican Republic, which uh, Carl Anthony Towns in an alternate universe could play for that Dominican Republic team, but he's not going to. Um, and also, Coach Calipari could be coaching that Dominican Republic team, but obviously he's not going to. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun to be able to watch Jamal Murray. I'm, I'm being told that he likely will not start, but should be coming off the bench and expect a, a decent amount of minutes. It's it's a pretty good Canada team uh, today. Rick Pitino and his international coaching debut, coaching the Puerto Ricans, took on took on Brazil and. Trevor, it didn't go well for your boy. Oh, uh, tell me about it. I had not seen any results for this yet. I would imagine after the you first... already gave me a spoiler anyway, and you pretty much opened uh, up my uh, figuring out what happened to the game by the opening statement of it didn't go well. But Brazil's probably a pretty decent team, I would think, if it's full strength. I, well, I, I don't, you know, I don't really know the rules on these Pan End teams. If you can just, I guess there is no age limit because the can- Canada has that forty-year-old dude. Yeah. So. Uh, so I don't know really what the deal is. Uh, you know, the United States team is probably the worst United States team out of, uh, you know, out of so many of them. I think you probably have to go down to maybe the U. I don't know. Maybe this isn't accurate. But the the team that, uh, what's his name, the Louisville player that Isaiah Briscoe was injured from. What Louisville player was it? You're gonna not not Matthew Yang, uh, Anawaku. Oh. On a, the team that Onowaku was on, what was that, that U19 was the, or U18? Under a uh, U19. U19. Yeah. Uh, that team, that U19 team would beat this Pan Am American team, I would guess, even though the players on this American team are, are much older. Um, but anyway, so, so Patino's coaching for uh, Costa Rica, and it did not go well. Or Puerto Rico, excuse me. And it did not go well. They were down 38-6 to six at one point. Ooh. Uh, it, it got worse as they were down by over 40 points at halftime. Ended up being able to make it only a 33-point loss, which is um, his first 33-point loss, I think, in a, a very long time. Probably since uh, – that's probably the biggest loss he's had since Kansas and Kentucky. Yeah, didn't Notre Dame beat Louisville really bad one time? I don't think about 30 was, points. Not that I remember. Of course, it, then again, it, I probably would have blocked that out of my mind. Hmm. Uh, I thought I read something recently. I need to see if I can if I can find it, pull it back up. 
Uh, you, you'd have to imagine at some point during this competition, Rick Pitino had to be thinking, what, what the hell am I doing coaching this team? <laughs> I mean, you mean just trying to do charity work. Really, really, what was the pull for doing this? I mean, uh, he's not—he's not hurting for cash, especially after this new thirty-year extension he just got. Well, originally, I believe it was to probably get the inside on. I think it was Ricky Lado, uh, who is now with—I don't know what team he's with. He was with the Mavericks. He was never played college basketball. He bounced around, had some obviously issues. I'm sure you remember his name. Yeah, uh, and I believe that was the the original end game was. I, which obviously, when it comes to coaching, is doing any coaches doing anything, it's usually an end game. And that was his, I think, was trying to get the upper hand on maybe a Ricky Lato recruitment back years back or a couple years ago when he originally agreed to it. And of course, that never obviously panned out. Why he's continuing to do it is a mystery to me, other than maybe he's just bored. You mean maybe he's bored? Maybe he just wants to be able to spend more time in Puerto Rico, which I couldn't blame him for that. Yeah. It was, according to Jeff Greer, who is covering Rick Patino up there which is kind of crazy to me that the Courier-Journal would send somebody to cover Rick Pitino up there, but whatever. I guess maybe they could cover, maybe he'll cover Jamal Murray too, and just for our, more bang for the Courier-Journal's buck. But um, but there, it's Pitino's worst loss since 2009, UVL loss at Notre Dame by 33. I do remember that game. I, I, I guess, again, like just like those, those memories you have as a child, I just blacked it out. And they're they're and it only could get worse for Rick Pitino's tomorrow. He takes on the United States, uh, which if Brazil could could get up that big and beat them by thirty three, uh, the United States is considered the tournament favorite. Although I think the Canadian team is probably better if you, if I had to guess right now. Uh, but the, the the tournament favorite United States could probably really put a hurting on Rick Pitino. I would imagine this might be his last tournament with the Puerto Rican team. Who's on the Puerto Rican team? Is, is Garcia on there? No. That's well, Dominican, I guess. Actually. That's Dominican, and I don't know if he's on the – I would need to get the Dominican Republic roster to see just how good they are because that's the teams – those are the teams that Calipari coached, and he was pretty close to getting that team to the Olympics uh, for it not being a country that's for great basketball. And this was also when Carl Anthony Towns was 16 years old. Uh, and obviously that's part of the reason why John Calipari did that, and I think it was well worth it for John Calipari to coach the Dominican Republic team if it gave him the in with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. But that had Edgar Sosa oh, on it. There's always an end game, TJ. Francisco Garcia and a guy named Jack Michael Martinez. And uh, it was it was a fun – I watched a lot of their games because I had to for work, and it was actually kind of fun to watch that team play, and they came up just short of the Olympics. But Puerto Rico, they've got J.J. Barea, and that's probably the only guy I could tell you. <laughs> J.J. Barea's not bad. Um, I was looking, look, I just found – I knew had his roster listed somewhere. Uh, J.J. Brayer, Larry Ousa from Southern Cal, uh, somebody named Bimbo, uh, Javier <laughs> Mojica from Central Connecticut State, obviously I'm sure a talent, Ramon Clemente from Wichita State, maybe Roberto's uh, relative, um, let's see here, Kevin Young from Kansas, uh, Gary Brown from West Virginia, Paul Graham from Florida Atlantic, uh, Horzil De Jesus which uh, sounds like someone that would be going against the dude in bowling. Uh, and then Devon Collier from Oregon State. All right, so a lot of, a lot of nobodies. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. To sum, to sum up everything you just said, uh, a lot of nobody, nobody. J.J. Beret is your best player, but I would assume, uh, make the assumption. So it'll probably be a, a short Pan Am tournament 
for Rick Pitino and the the Puerto Ricans, but you know, whatever. That doesn't bother him. I'm sure he's I'm sure okay that, with it. Yeah, I, I think he's he. It, it, and also, he's going to get to Louisville's going to play the the Puerto Rican team uh, this summer, right? When they go on their international trip. I believe so. Yeah. So, you know that that's a positive in itself. Instead of playing that Bahamas team Louisville played four years ago, you actually get to play some some guys with basketball experience, not ones who are just going to go on their lunch break to get beat by 60 points. So, um, but Jamal Murray, uh, from a UK perspective, will play for Canada tonight. So that should be fun. Six o'clock. You can watch on ESPN three. I know I'll be watching um, and you should be too. The American team's not that bad. I mean, you've got Ron Baker and Mello Trimble. You've got yeah, uh, the I, big guy from Arizona to Terz Lewiski, uh, Tarzuski, and then you've got Denzel Valentine, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why Damian Wilkins is on the roster, but I guess he is. Maybe he's just there to buy alcohol for everybody because he's the only one over 21. Uh, Ron Baker has to be over 21. He might be. Damian Wilkins has got to be almost 35. Well, Is that not, not the Damian Wilkins from Tennessee Chattanooga, Dominique's brother? Or is, that his, or is that his son? I don't know. I don't I don't know who that guy is. If it's, if it's, if it's his nephew, it's the one that played at Georgia a few years ago. Hmm. Well, that's you're stumping me on that, but it, it's it's not terrible. But I still think the U19 team would beat it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's and I was thinking Gerald Wilkins is Dominique's brother that played in the NBA. It's uh, Damian did play at uh, Georgia or uh, NC State in Georgia, and uh, he graduated Georgia in 04. I remember now. Okay, no, not that old. He's 35 though. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. He's there, uh, that he's is, there to he, tell him he, stories he stand, about his, his uncle. Out. <laughs> He stands out. If you're run- wondering, we're going to have Rob Doster on after the next commercial break, which we'll take here uh, in, in five to ten minutes. Yeah, he texted me and said he's ready to go, though. He just got finished with his phone call. Oh, should we bring him on now? We can take a break when you're ready, and then we can bring him on. He said the call went shorter than usual. I told him that's what happens when you call 900 numbers. <laughs> so what? So we're so we're waiting? No, we're, it's up to you, buddy. It's your show. Let's, it's let's your bring world. him on. Let's bring well, him on we, while we're on the college basketball talk. Well, we should take a break, and then I can connect with him. Well, you could get them on while I talk. Would you want to do that? Let's do that. All right. You keep talking. I'll get them on. So don't take any drinks in the next couple of minutes. I'm, I'm going to just solely drink for the next few minutes. Uh, and we're going to have some radio silence. Uh, only kidding. But so we were talking Jamal Murray and, and what that means. Yesterday we talked if, the, if that's a good thing for UK or a bad thing, having Jamal Murray be away from the team. And it's not ideal to have him gone, as I said yesterday. But it ultimately is, I think, better for Jamal Murray and can be better for the team. You want to have the team chemistry as close together and start working on that with everybody there as soon as possible. If you remember back before the start of the 2013-2014 season, the Harrison Twins were were very late arrivals on campus. And you saw Kentucky really struggle at the beginning of that year. That could happen again. I don't think it will because it's just one player in Jamal Murray. He doesn't seem to have. He doesn't seem to have any character flaws. He seems to be a team first guy, and everybody else is already there. No, so if there's another guy here and another guy there and another guy not on campus, I think that could be a big issue. Uh, but as you have it, everyone but Jamal Murray be there, and it's not like he's just not going to class or not getting on UK's campus because he wants to stay home and watch cartoons and eat junk food. 
he, he doesn't want to have the Trevor Saturday. Now he's playing for for Team Canada, going up against guys much older than him, stronger, uh, more experienced, so can really only help his game, and I think it will ultimately help his game. So uh, I did have some more people asking me that today, whether or not him being to campus is a bad thing. And some people ask, well, could he if they get eliminated early, but I still think they have a pool stage with how it works in the Pan Am games. Could he come to UK's campus as soon as that's over? The answer is no. He won't be to UK's campus until mid to late August when the the, the fall semester begins. Uh, the summer session is already a month into classes, well over probably well over a month into classes, and he wouldn't be able to team up there. So he'll have to wait till school starts back up in the fall, and that's okay. Even if he had not made this Pan-American team and had found out last week or two weeks before then, he still wouldn't be able to get on campus. But it is good news that he did make the team, and now he's going to get to travel and get to play more basketball. And John Calipari was obviously okay with it. Isaiah Briscoe was going to do something similar, uh, ultimately had that head injury, couldn't do it for Team USA, and arrived to campus. So uh, he's on campus. So UK's got everybody just with the exception of, of Jamal Murray, and again, like I said, John Calipari seems to be okay with it. Captain Arctic tweets in and says, Murray seems to be a pretty laid-back guy, so it should be okay. Meshing, with, meshing even if he joins late, the Harrisons is a different story. And, and you don't want to say that the Harrisons had character issues or anything along those lines, but they obviously were closer to those two than anybody else. So if you could have gotten the Harrisons on campus and had them open up a little bit more, by the, te- by the time the season started, you could have put some of those things away, maybe. It, it, maybe, I, I think it probably would have helped. But um, they certainly, the Harrison twins love themselves, or love their, loves their, Andrew loves Aaron, and Aaron loves Andrew. And you can imagine, because they are twins. So uh, that, there, there's no issue there. Trevor, how are we doing on Rob? I guess we're still in the waiting process uh, on getting Rob Doster on. Um, Rob Doster works for NBC Sports. He's a regular on Tuesday. We ask him college basketball questions and sometimes talk movies and all this other nonsense. Uh, and we do appreciate him coming on the air for us. But there, there is more college basketball news. As we mentioned on the show yesterday, some rule changes in the NCAA with the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about that with Rob. Smart move by the NCAA. It was just a matter of time to be able to do it. So glad to see them doing that. Uh, and Rob is ready, so we're going to bring him in my right ba- now. My bad, he's been on. I've been. I forgot you were talking on the radio. I had my headset off. Me and Rob were just discussing. Uh, I knew com- you were depressing that. comedies, and I knew, uh, <laughs> I knew. I knew when I when I said, "Hey, Trevor, is he ready to get on?" At that point, you didn't respond. I knew you were probably already talking to him. Oh, I wasn't even listening to you. My bad. <laughs> I, I, I knew. I knew as much. Uh, we've got Rob on now, though. Rob, how's it going? Well. If you want to know what me and Trevor were talking about, we were talking about the fact that you said that Groundhog's Day is a depressing movie. Which it is. A, you know, it is a depressing movie. Can we have a conversation about this? Sure. Let's let's have a conversation, Rob. Let's break it down. It's not a de- well. It's not a depressing movie. Like it's a really feel good movie because in the end, everyone's in love and it's all great and blah blah blah. And, you know, he he stops being this. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that word on the radio, so I'm not going to say it. He stops being what Trevor is. And, you know, then all of a sudden he's a great person and everything, everyone's happy and it's a good story. Like, what are you talking about? How is that depressing? He stopped no, being drop-dead sexy? Oh, it ends up being okay, but he, he kills himself. One of my buddies did a, a research project on Groundhog's Day, and he ends up killing himself like 450 times. 
That's depressing, man. What's no, it's not depressing. He, he was it just... is depressing. He is so sad in this life of repeating day after day that he feels the need to kill himself for uh, over a year straight. But then he learns to, to to help people in the town and bring people together and sure. So the, and, and the play piano okay. and get Annie McDowell in bed. I mean, it, it ends up being a positive thing. I'm okay with the ending, and I and I I'm okay with the movie itself. But it's just uh, it's kind of depressing when you're going through the 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 process, seeing such a, a hurt and distraught human being. Yeah, but I mean, okay, one. It's Bill Murray. So, like, <laughs> there's no possible way that, that anything he does can make you actually feel depressed. Because even the sad stuff he does is pretty funny. It just right? kind of... I'd have it, to agree to that. It kind of just... But, I don't know. And here's it, the other it, thing. It, it doesn't matter how it makes you feel in the middle. Every single romantic comedy ever makes you super depressed for, like, 30 minutes left in the movie. Like, that's the story arc. When, you, when, like, when they teach you how to write romantic comedies, it's like, oh, there's this cute scene. Oh, they fall in love. Oh, disaster strikes. Oh, they're back together again and everybody's happy. That's like that's the standard operating procedure for romantic comedies. Yeah, but what they're how many super how many romantic comedies have five. 450 suicides in them? None of them do, but he didn't commit suicide. You want to know why? He did commit suicide. He did commit suicide and he hated waking he up die? the next day. He was willing did to kill die? himself to get out of that scenario. Did he die? Yeah. No, he didn't. He did die. How did he die? He would die, and then it would be a new day. And he did die, and that would what no, started the new day no. for him. He didn't die. You want to know why he didn't die? Because he was alive the next day. But he, he did died, die. He would have been dead. The movie would have been over. It would have been done. Then, Another... then it would have been super depressing if he had died. But no, he didn't. He Rob, came back another, to life. another comedy that I think is very depressing is the Truman Show. Yeah, it is kind of depressing. How is I, that one depressing? I thought it was funny. Because the joke's on him, and everybody's in on it but him. Just imagine if that happened in your life, Trevor. That is my life. <laughs> that is <laughs> his life. What if everybody was doing <laughs> stuff to mess with you for our entertainment, and then at the end of your life we said, yeah, man, the whole time we oh, were just Where have you been it. the last 42 minutes of the show? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, dude, your entire life was a TV show, and you were the only one that didn't realize it. Okay. That would be yeah. awesome. That would not be awesome. <laughs> no, would it wouldn't. Awesome. Like, to find out your parents, like, weren't actually your parents, and, like, all your friends weren't actually your friends, they were just actors. That's all right. I'm good with that. It'd be like if your life was one big puppet. You, you, a puppet master is controlling your life, and you were the puppet. Well, then the only complaint I have is he needs to do a better job of it. <laughs> you know, any other movies jump out at you, Rob, while we're on this conversation of not talking sports? Um, well, I'll tell you one movie that I was super depressed after watching that was a comedy. The Internship. Did you ever see that? Oh. I did. I did see The Internship. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I wasn't, I wasn't I, depressed. You want to know why I was, you want to know I was super depressed at the end of it? Because I was because like, of, well, that's the end of Vince Vaughn and Nolan Wilson. They had a good run. Yeah, I now thought you were going to say that. I it's, agree. Now it's done. Am I the only one that realizes Vince Vaughn just like mails it in now? Like every movie he does, he just, he doesn't, it doesn't even feel like he's trying anymore. You are you guys Netflix? watching the new... Yeah, are you guys watching this? I am. I am. I, I'm okay with it. I'm not going to reveal any spoilers because I don't know who's, who's seen it and who hasn't. Um, but, the, like, the worst part of the entire show, to me, is Vince Vaughn. I just think he's, like, completely unbelievable, like, as in, like, not believable in his role. 
Well, I think like, he's I'm just not buying him as this dark I, mob. I understand boss what you're this. saying, Rob, but I think he's actually doing an okay job with it. But I think we're on the same page here, where we just know it's Vince Vaughn, so it's he could do the acting job of his life, and you'd say, well, that's Vince Vaughn. He's he's supposed to be funny. He crashes weddings. Maybe, maybe, but like even even like let's talk about the last two detectives. Like even when Matthew McConaughey was out there, I wasn't expecting him to be like. Or I was kind of expecting him to be like this goofy, goofy, like redneck Texan, but like he really made himself believable in that role. And I just don't think that Vince Vaughn's doing it. And maybe that's like a subconscious thing. And he was a lot better in the. Have you seen the fifth episode? I have. He's way better in that than in any of the other previous episodes. But like, I still just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I, you're right. And I just can't get I, I past think him. Like, he's I just, doing he's a good job, but it's just, it's, it's him. It's Vince Vaughn. So I'm having a tough time believing it. But I do think he's doing a better job, at least, than I thought he was going to do. But I do understand what you're saying. Um, you're just waiting for, like, that witty banter to come out? Yes, exactly. Are, are you guys on. saying I shouldn't start watching True Detective Season 2 yet? I'm still no, behind on it. I, I saw, I've watched Ballers, but I haven't watched True Detective yet. You should. Dude, you know what, dude? Like, wait it out at this point. Wait it out so you can just kind of knock them all out in a row. Yeah. That's why I do That's the thing scene. that kills me is, like, I get so confused. I end up rewatching episodes, like, before I watch the new one just so I can remember what happened. It kills me. Yeah, like, how do people not binge watch TV shows? Like, you have to binge watch. Otherwise, you forget everything. All these little minor details that could end up being, like, big, especially when there's a mystery like this. Shot in the dark here, Rob. Are you a fan of Big Brother? <laughs> I haven't seen a single. That's that show on CBS where like they're, they're watching the cameras, like the yeah. wannabe real world stuff. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, I haven't watched that. I, I, it looks really. I never dumb. watched it either, but my girlfriend got me into it last summer, so now I'm watching it. It's 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 kind of entertaining. It's like a mix of the real world with Survivor too. Um, That's when you know summer. it's over, bro. That's when you know it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Three years ago, my wife got me into So You Think You Can Dance, and now we've had, we have to watch it every Monday night. And that's when you know it's over. You had that's a good run, run, TJ. You had a good run, but you're, it, it's over. Just hang them up, bro. Just hang them up. It's fun. I don't, I don't, no, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I can see myself trending in that direction. But uh, while we have you on, we probably should talk some sports. The NCAA changed some some of their rulings on the NCAA tournament yesterday where the two the, the top two seed can avoid the top one seed uh, ge- geography be damned and then uh, they're not they're going to change how they do the first four where it might not necessarily be the last four teams to truly make the tournament what did you make of these two rule changes long overdue in my opinion yeah but I don't really think it's going to make all that much of a difference like the the situation with Wisconsin and Kentucky was really unique last year in that um, it just so happened that those two teams looked like the two best teams in the country, but Wisconsin's profile was obviously not going to stack up to the other three, like to three other teams that were going to be number one seats over. And it didn't mean they were better. It just mean they didn't have the same profile on paper. And, and um, I don't think we're going to run into a situation where a, the fifth best profile in the country is really the second best team. Like that was kind of a fluky thing that happened last year. Um, yeah. And two, uh, it, it's just the fact that they both ended up being teams in the Midwest was was pretty fluky as well. Like, so I I, I think it's a good thing to have that measure 
put in and have that option available should that situation arise again, because that wouldn't have been fair if those two teams had been in the Midwest. Um, but I, I honestly don't, like, I, I think it's going to be very, very rare that it ends up being used. And as far as the UCLA rule is concerned, like, I was, I'm shocked that that wasn't in there to begin with, because uh, I've gone through the mock selection, and I've gone through the whole, you know, where you sit there and you scrub all the seeds, and I didn't realize that they didn't include the first four uh, or the teams that were going to be in the first four on that list. And, you know, again, that's good because there's no way that – there's no reason that UCLA should have missed out on the first four last year. It was shocking that they were in the tournament to begin with, let alone that they weren't in the first four. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Uh, we were on catsillustrated.com. We were going over – every summer we do a podcast series where we talk about each player for – 10 to 20 minutes, depending on the player. Obviously, the walk-ons were hurting to get by those 10 minutes. And we also go through who we think is going to be the leading rebounder, uh, who's going to score the most points, and also the most important piece. So if you had to guess the leading rebounder for Kentucky next year, who's going to average the most points and the most important piece, Who would be? what would be your three answers there? So leading, did you say leading score? I think, leading score. I think Skull is going to end up being the leading score. Um, I think Marcus Lee will probably end up being the leading rebounder if he kind of pans out the way that I uh, think that he will. Um, I think most important piece. Um, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, that's 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 a tough one. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say Skull for that one too, because I think that he is going to be the guy that kind of relieves pressure on the perimeter. Like I, I have a feeling there's going to be a a lot of shots being thrown up from the perimeter this year simply because I think that Jamal Murray and Isaiah Briscoe are going to be guys that want to have the ball in their hands more than the facilitators. So I think whether or not Kentucky's able to, you know, go inside out and, and kind of get the ball in the scout and get him his touches and get his, his, um, his, his chance to kind of beat people one-on-one because he's really good. Like, I don't know how much you've seen him play, TJ. He's really, really good. And so I think what – I think it's kind of – the example I'll use is like in the Notre Dame game last year in the Elite Eight, how Kentucky kind of spent, you know, about 25 minutes far away from the perimeter before they realized that, hey, you know what, maybe if we give the ball to Carl Towns, good things will happen. So if they kind of buy into that idea that if they give the ball to Skull, good things are going to happen, then I think that – um, I think that's the best thing for them is that they end up playing inside out. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that actually ends up happening that way. Yeah, we ag- only agreed on on one answer out of those three. I, I, I think that Poitras will be UK's leading rebounder. I think he kind of needs to be. Just that's the type of style he needs to play. He needs to be aggressive. I, I do agree with you that Scal's UK's most important player. If he doesn't end up being as good as advertised, UK's really going to struggle inside. And then I think... Scal close second on points per game, but obviously you know how high I am on Jamal Murray, so I think he ends up scoring the most, somewhere around 16 points. Scal somewhere around 15, both of them uh, close and and being a one-two punch there. Uh, What about for Louisville? Who would be your points, rebounds, and and most important piece? Points, rebounds, and man, you know what? All the changes. I got to look at the the roster. You know what? Leading score. I think we're going to go with Damian Lee. I agree. I agree. Well, I think, I think, I think it's going to end up being David Lee, but I think that he's going to—he's only going to average like twelve points a game. I can see a situation where you know Louisville has like 
five guys that average between like 10 points and 12 points or something like that. I, I don't really see them having someone that kind of, you know. Like uh, UK last year. I mean, you're leading yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Harrison at 11 points. Yeah, so, something similar to that. Just I think that's what the way it's going to end up being. Lead, leading rebounder, uh, man, who do they still have? Maybe Mango? Yeah, it could be Matthew. I, I would say Chinanu on Iwaku. Uh, yeah, you know what, on Iwaku, I forgot he was there. It's going to be on Iwaku. Hey, Mango led the world in rebounding for Australia. Remember that. Led the world yeah, in no. rebounding. <laughs> yeah, but I still think it's going to end up being Chinanu. I just think he's. You know, he looked like a guy that could end up being the leading scorer last season, or the leading rebounder last season, if he kind of put it all together for stretches. And I think he's going to be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged like three offensive rebounds a game. I, you uh, know, this, I don't think this. I don't think Damian Lee will average more rebounds than Anawaku, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was close to the leading rebounder. Uh, you know, averaging maybe seven or eight a game. I'm really high on Damian Lee, and I think he's going to end up doing a lot. So, obviously, I also think he's the most important piece for Louisville as well. I don't think he's the most important piece. I think he kind of is what he is. Um, I think that the, you know, I think it's going to end up being the three freshmen that are coming in, Mitchell, Adele, and, and um, Ray Spaulding. How good are they? How ready are they to impact um, impact the team immediately? You know, is Donovan Mitchell going to push for starters minutes? I talked to someone close to the program uh, last week, and he was saying that, that, one, Mitchell looked like he was going to end up being the starter alongside Quentin Snyder with Trey Lewis coming off the bench, and, two, that Dang Adele might end up being the, the best freshman in this class for Louisville. Um, it might take a year for him to get there, but I, I think that because the biggest thing to me with this team is that they don't, one, they don't have any depth, and, two, like, they don't have any holdovers from, from, from last year's program. Like, there's who is it? Quentin Snyder and Chinanu and a couple of those big guys that, that none of whom are really, you know, ready to kind of contribute. Oh, and, and, yeah, like, like Anas, uh, Mahmoud, and Stockman, and, and, and Mago, and Jalen Johnson, and all those guys. So, you know, I, I think how much these, these freshmen are going to come in and, and impact and whether or not they're going to be dynamic guys. Because, like, look, Trey Lewis and Damian Lee. I think are both good rotation players. Like Trey Lewis is going to be a guy that shoots forty percent from three. I, 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 he's going to do that no matter what level he's playing at. Damian Lee is going to be a guy that can score and defend on the perimeter. It's not, it doesn't really matter what level he's playing at. But if those two are your two, are the guys of the program, like Louisville is kind of relying on. Like I, I think that that kind of you know puts them in a bit of a transition season, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to compete for an ACC title this year. Um, and that's just because, I, I mean, look, Damian Lee was gunning last season, man. If you go back and watch some of the stuff that he did at Drexel, like, he was gunning. I think he had this plan for a while that he was going to end up trying to transfer up for his final season, and he wanted to get those best numbers as possible. Yeah, well, I, I I think Damian Lee's great, and I think he'll without him, Louisville would really be struggling this year. Uh, with him, I, I think maybe a Sweet Sixteen, maybe yeah. a Elite Eighteen, but we'll see. There's no doubt that veteran presence is valuable. No doubt about it. Which is why I say it's so interesting to see what will happen with some of those freshmen because I think that um, I, I think that Donovan Mitchell and Dangadell and those guys, I think they're much more talented. Than Damian Lee, but I think right now Damian Lee is better suited to contributing in the ACC, um, at least right off the bat. So it'll be interesting to see what will happen with those guys. You know, do they have 
big impact as freshmen, or is this kind of a transition year for him? And we're speaking with Rob Doster. Last question, and, and real quick, this is from a listener. Uh, he wants to know, is UNC going to end up getting off scot-free? I don't think they're going to get off scot-free. I don't see them facing any punishments for the that, that will have an effect on the 2015-16 season. I, I think we might see um, some like scholarships for I don't think it's going to be as bad as people thought it was before the uh, the notice of allegations came in. Because if you go through and read that, you know a lot of it was Roy Williams dodged a lot of bullets. Um, the coaching staff dodged a lot of bullets. Uh, the women's basketball program took the biggest hit. Um, so I don't think we're going to end it. Like I don't think we're going to see them banned from the NCAA tournament. I think you're going to see some like recruiting restrictions, maybe some you know tighter uh, tighter regulations on how they do some of their academic stuff. But you know I don't think they're going to get the book thrown at them. They're not going to get off scot free though. They're going to face some kind of punishment. I just don't yeah. think it's going to be like the kind of program ending reign of terror that some people are hoping that it will be. Uh, I- I'm starting to lean where. They're not going to hurt this year or have a postseason ban this year. Maybe the following year they will, will just with how long this stuff's going there's, to end up drilling out. Yeah, there's no, there's no way that it can happen this season. Because if you go through and you look at the, uh, the way the timeline shakes out, the decision would come in like end of January, beginning of February. And I really cannot see a situation where the NCAA will hand down uh, a postseason ban that late in the season. What happened with Syracuse last year was a self-imposed ban, and the biggest reason for that was that Syracuse knew that banning themselves from the postseason last year meant they were going to miss the ACC tournament and most likely the NIT. It was despicable. I hated it, and I still think that it's one of the, the, the most egregious things that I've seen a university do to uh, an athletics team, but I just I can't see a situation. North Carolina is not banning themselves from the tournament when they're a preseason number one. You know, let's just get that straight right now. That's not happening. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I do think they may lose some scholarships, and it could be the true end of the Roy Williams era, but let him go out one more year. I know they just extended his contract, but if they take away a few scholarships, that could really hurt him, and especially if they get future postseason bans. UNC recruiting's already down. It could only maybe kill it if they end up doing that. But um, Yeah, well, the, the reason it's down is because no one knows what's going to happen. You know, there's, yeah. there's so much uncertainty surrounding a program that, you know, I remember I was talking with Frank Jackson, who's the point guard from Utah, top 10 recruit, you know, the guy that Duke's after right now. And when he was at NBA camp, he was talking about how he was going to go visit Maryland. He was going to go visit Duke. and He was going to go visit North Carolina. But he was like, you know, I don't think we're going to end up taking that visit to North Carolina. And I think his quote was, I transcribed it this afternoon, I think his quote was, um, because the, the situation there is just so uncertain. Or it was like, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen in that situation. And with that kind of cloud hanging over the program, like no one wants to, to commit to a school and sign with a school where they're one and done year, they're going to end up not being eligible for the tournament. And that's what's kind of hanging over the program right now. And that's the reason that they didn't get guys like Brandon Ingram. They couldn't get some of those, you know, players like uh, whoever that have committed to other programs in recent years. Steven uh, Zimmerman cut them because of that reason. He wasn't going to go there anyways, but that was his excuse for cutting them is that they were – he didn't know what was going to happen there. So, I, you know, I'm ag- I agree with you there. Uh, but, Rob, appreciate you coming on. Another fun Tuesday. This was uh, longer than we usually have you on for, but uh, appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you know, good luck with Trevor, man. I think we got him a little bit riled up.
I, I think we did. Go, go watch some Groundhog Day, get a, a box of tissues, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> See you later, man. <laughs> See you later. Rob Doster, NBC Sports, one of the best out there. Appreciate him hopping on. Uh, and we missed a commercial break, so we need to get to that now. Uh, we'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Sorry about the uh, longer break. Had a few technical difficulties, but we're back now. Yeah, I'm still waiting for a page to open up for the last six minutes on my computer. It sounds like the, the studio needs to invest in, in some new computers. Oh, this thing was brand new in 1996. <laughs> or maybe some internet. Oh, the internet works. It's the computer just doesn't want to. It's like trying to pour a gallon of soda down a little like a mini straw. Like on Astrology getting a Capri Sun, that's, that's the equivalent of trying to work with the internet here or with this computer. Like I, I'm yeah. still waiting for it. I've, I've hit to click over to the other tab where our open is. I'm, I'm still waiting for it to click over to that. So talking with them, dealing with them. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 feel, I feel sorry for you. Uh, we were talking UNC, ended up talking UNC with Rob Doster uh, and what to expect there. I had always thought that the NCAA just had to make an example of them. You look at what happened and how long it went on. I still feel that way. Sadly, I'm starting to get a sense that it's not going to be as bad as it actually should be. The punishment won't be as bad as it actually should be. And with that being said, I still think it's going to it's not going to impact this upcoming year, but I do think they're going to lose some scholarships and they're going to make it really hard for Roy Williams to be successful for the remainder of his career. And again, he just, he just did sign a contract extension through 2020. Uh, so that would give him 16, 17, 18, 19, five more seasons. And I just, I, I think it'd really be shaping up to a national title or bust for him in 2016, because they may lose some scholarships. There may be a postseason ban in 2017. Uh, and at that rate, players wouldn't want to come so until he could start getting good recruiting class you would think that wouldn't even be until maybe the 2017 2018 or maybe 2018 2019 season he's he's not getting any younger so i think this could be the end of the roy williams era and captain arctic says i had heard that uh, that felton kid was kind of sort of backing away from unc is that true and he's talking about uh Jaylick felton who's a five-star point guard from south carolina uh, and he's in the class of 2017. So there's a long time to go before Felton steps on a college campus. Uh, Captain Arctic, if you read CatsIllustrated.com earlier this month, you know all about Felton. Uh, he had said that he is 95% committed, but he's letting other schools talk to him, including Kentucky, including South Carolina. And he said, depending on what the punishments are, uh, he will remain committed to North Carolina. Now, if it ends up being... 
a postseason ban for his freshman year like Rob Doster hinted. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be a part of that. So then he would decommit and, and open things up. So he's still letting other coaches talk to him, but I, for the time being, he's committed to UNC. If you're UNC, you probably don't like that he's doing that, but you certainly can't say no to it because you're not getting other five-star guys right now. You're not getting great recruits like you did uh, you, you once did, so you, you let him do whatever he needs to do as long as he remains committed to North Carolina, and he does for the time being. But he is a 2017 kid, so there's a lot of time left to go on that recruitment. I mean, is it really a shock that, like like Rob mentioned, and we didn't know it already, that, I mean, the basketball team is going, the men's basketball team is going to get away from this without just a maybe a bruise or two? While, uh, while just like the first time they got trouble, North Carolina was in trouble for academic reasons, they threw the football team on the sword. Now they're going to throw the women's basketball team on the sword. I mean, it's inevitable they're just going to just start chucking other sports into the into the fire like some selfish guy and a bad movie plot line. And they're, they're like, the, they're like the, the basketball team is like the Billy Zane on Titanic. You know, they're, they're just like they're, they're, they're pushing the women and children out of the way so he can get on. And, and sacrificing all the lower sports so the men's can go away without having a bruise. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. It's not surprising that they're going that route, but it's embarrassing. And um, you hope that they have it all figured out at UNC now. Uh, I, I remember when all this came out and when you heard exactly of all the wrongdoing that was going on, a lot of UNC guys that I, some that I know personally, but even some that I don't, I haven't had a chance to meet media members of those sorts were embarrassed of their UNC degrees. Uh, I mean, that's how big of a deal their issues were, and I can't say that, that I blame them. So we'll see. Again, they're going to NCAA is going to take their time on it. It's such a big deal, uh, and even if they were to give UNC a postseason ban for this upcoming year, UNC could do the appeals process, which would go well into the season. And I don't think at that point they could they could do it. I just don't think that they could go midway through the year and say, okay, you know what? The NCAA is saying you can't have a post, that you are going to have a postseason ban. You may think of Syracuse, and, and that came, that news came middle of the year, but that was when Syracuse already stunk Trevor, and that was a self imposed postseason ban. So that would be a different story. That wasn't the NCAA coming down saying you can't play in the tournament in two months. That was Syracuse doing it themselves, and the only reason they did that is because they knew that even if they had made the NCAA tournament, uh, they were going to be an early out. Um, and, and Jim Beheim and Roy Williams, I kind of think of them in the same category as just old men who don't really care about the rules and are going to do what they want to do. Uh, speaking of postseason bans and all that stuff, on a different note, UAB football will be back in 2017. So basically, the powers that be at UAB self-imposed a death penalty, Trevor, that is going to keep them out of the 2015 year, the 2016 year, and lost all their best players, not that they would hang around for three years anyways, and then they're going to restart football back up from scratch. I, unbelievable. I, that's the word I would use to describe this decision-making process from UAB. They thought the, the, the word I would program, use to describe would be cluster bleep. They, they want to they act like the football program was a, a huge money pit before. Well, imagine just losing everything and starting from scratch, and how it's going to be terrible, terrible for five to, at best, five years, more likely 10 to 15. I mean, it's going to take a long time for UAB to even be where they were. Uh, they, will be, they will be in BCS, or they will be in uh, FBS 
so they'll be able to go to bowl games. I don't think they're going to have to worry about going to bowl games, Trevor, for, for quite some time. Um, if I was a UAB fan, I don't even know if this would be satisfying. Well, first of all, uh, good luck finding a UAB fan. It, it, it does. I was. I thought it was kind of cruel the way they 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 canceled the program. Of course, anybody. I mean, if you don't have a, if you don't feel for the the this, the YouTube clip where the the player steps up to the president in, in what was supposed to be a closed meeting, and and you don't feel for that team, then you just have no heart. I mean, even the Grinch that sold Christmas felt for them. I mean, it was ridiculous. So, but I mean, I, the fact that I love how everyone. Suddenly stepped up. They can't. They can't get more than probably two people, two thousand people at a game, but yet suddenly ten thousand people were disappointed to see the program go away. And I, and I agree with them. I don't think it should have. Thought it was kind of a wrongdoing as well. But the, now they're going to come back, so they're going to bring the team back because of donations. So they're, they're they're coming back just to be in the same situation they basically were in to begin with, where you can't get anybody to show up at Legion Field, and you're not getting any kind of marketing deals through UAB. I mean, unless Roddy White suddenly wants to donate his whole paycheck to the to the team in terms of the university. I mean, what, what have you really accomplished other than you, you made some money? So what 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 could this have been? I mean, me, the conspiracy theorist in me, for all I know, the president wasn't even having intentions of canceling the program. This was all a ploy so they can get money to, to do the football program. They just figured, what the hell, we'll take a year off in the process. It's, uh, well, you, you said it best. It's a, it's a cluster beep. It's, I, I mean, <laughs> I know there are not many UAB football fans. I think that is pretty clear. But I would have a tough time with this, with following this program going forward. I think, I think at this point, Trevor, if I was a UAB football fan, I think this would be the, uh, the straw that would break the camel's back in terms of. I, I think I'd go hop on over to Alabama or Auburn. Would you? Would you do that if you? If you? If Kentucky dropped football, which I know it's not going to happen, but Louisville nearly did it in, in the early '80s. In fact, was very close to dropping football at one point in, in, in the late '70s, early thing, and so was the Miami University, which would have been a very unusual uh, change of history. But nonetheless, both of them were doing it. If, if Kentucky had dropped football for this same situation, exact same situation, UAB. And they said, "Okay, now, and now it turns out we got donations. We're going to just kind of get a year off and come back." Do you do you join the bandwagon then? Do you do you come back to Kentucky, or do you say, "You know what? Screw you! I'm going to root for Louisville now, or I'm going to root for Indiana football and Kentucky basketball. I'm, gonna, I'm or I'm just I'm going to root for a football team." Well, if if in, in this hypothetical, it, it would it really would depend on how everything went down when UK announced that they were leaving their abandoning their football program. But if they came back and they still had the same athletic director, the same president that got rid of the football team, then I wouldn't, as a UK alumni, I would not support that team. I mean, I, it, would, it would stink. I guess maybe I'd root for them to do well, but I wouldn't be on the bandwagon. I wouldn't spend any money to go to their games. I wouldn't feel the need to go there if it went down in a similar situa- situation at UAB where it just kind of seemed like a, almost a ploy to an extent. Now, if the, it went down in another circumstance where maybe UK football got in trouble for cheating, as long as they fired the people that were responsible and they came back after a death penalty sort of deal, then then yeah, that would be something you could get behind. But you know but, the president's not going to get fired, especially at UAB. I mean, look, look, listen, if the, if the one little troll woman at Miami University didn't get fired after all the crap she sent them through and she ended up just resigning, then no, one, no president's getting fired. The president at Penn State didn't even get fired. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I don't disagree with you. Those are all facts, but um, 
but what well with the president in Penn State and some of those things are different situations, but the president had a a significant role in the cutting of UAB's football program. So it would just depend on the situation, but I could understand why uh, people would would kind of give up on that football program. I think I would do the same if I was a UAB fan, and if the exact same thing happened at UK, I would I would do the exact same thing. By the way, UAB I, just sent I mean UAB. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, Yates just sent me a text that UAB's average attendance last year was over ten thousand, and to that I say it's just like the scene in uh, in American Pie two where they talk about rule of three. What's rule three? Trevor? Rule three: If you say if you say you slept with three women over the summer, you probably only slept with one. Oh, if they say the, they, the have ten, if they have ten thousand people, they claim ten thousand people there. I say there's only probably maybe three thousand people there. The old attendance bump. That's right, the old attendance yeah. bump, where you start counting yeah. dri- people that drive by the stadium in process of the game. Well, UAB's football program has been in jeopardy for. Uh, for quite some time, so I'm sure that that was an attendance bump from the powers that be at UAB that were doing counting the tickets and the turnstiles that they were saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they, the numbers are actually better than we expected. Unbelievable, um, even though it probably looked like that there was 2,000 people there. Um, anyways, this is a good time to remind you that the Sports Talker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentuckiana's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP. For any electrical service, Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. And See, speaking of, I will go on. I was going to ask you. Uh, you brought up True Detective with Rob earlier. What, uh, I, which I have not watched yet, but have you watched Ballers this week? And your thoughts? I have watched. Back, <laughs> trying to stay away from the TV conversation. But oh I have watched come Ballers. on! <laughs> I have watched Ballers. It's just it, I, the only reason I'm watching now because it's kind of comical to me. It's not a good show. Uh, this past episode was like similar other episodes. Um, I'm going to keep watching because I'm kind of, it's like seeing a, a car accident. You've got to look. I've got to watch. Uh, but it's not a good show. I don't know if I would compare it to a car wreck. I think it's gotten better. I, I agree that it's not my expectations, but I think it's improved over the last couple episodes. Yeah, it's not all that. Oh, apparently it's, it's really that. enticed you since you're yawning in the middle of it. It's not all that great. Um, man, I, I've got PTI on in the background here at the studio, and, and Bob Ryan does not look. Man, he's he like look ninety all that years great. old. Man, what do you expect? He does not look all that great. But he, he was he was there during the original Celtics runs of the uh, late twenties and thirties. What did you make of your Indiana Pacers coming out with some Hoosiers Hickory High jerseys for next season? You know, I haven't seen the picture of them yet. I saw the headline and didn't click on it because I was having some. Uh, it was actually a couple. It was earlier when I was driving around and I saw the headline and didn't click on it. Uh, so I had to see the pictures, but just the premise of the idea, I like it. I do. I I, I like the idea of, of of wearing the old school jerseys. I'm always a fan of old school stuff. I really actually like the jerseys. They are cool. They are old school. Uh, I'm just not. I, I've made it pretty clear that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of the movie Hoosiers. And oh, 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 wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute. We're gonna stop the conversation right there. Oh, oh, stop! Back it up! Beep! 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 What do you mean you're not a fan of the movie Hoosiers? I if it had taken place in any other state, Trevor, I probably would have liked it. So you don't like Rudy either, I guess. Well, people in South Bend don't really consider themselves living in Indiana. 
<laughs> Do the people live in Louisville don't consider themselves living in Kentucky? They live in southern Indiana? What the, what the South Bend people consider themselves Chicagoans? Is that the proper term, well, by the way? Well, actually, Notre, Notre Dame students. South Bend itself is, I don't want to disrespect anybody from South Bend, but it's not that nice of a town. I've been there. It's I not that I've, awful, but not that great. It's it's leaning towards the former there, Trevor. Um, Notre Dame's nice. The campus is beautiful, uh, and a lot of a lot of Notre Dame students don't really, you know, associate themselves with with being Hoosiers for their four years living there. Okay, but we got to get back to the original point. You didn't like Hoosiers, so when did you realize you had no soul? I'm saying I didn't like any other state. I would have liked it. So, so just because it's in Indiana, it's a movie based on a high school that was in Indiana, which happened in the fifties. You, you, in fifty-four to be exact. You don't, you, you, you just dismiss the 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 greatness of that movie. I've just, I've had some bad experiences in Indiana, Trevor. So I, I'm, I'm Is holding. Is that why you won't come to, to the that. studio? <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. I, and I would come to the studio if there wasn't traffic, which happens to be in Kentucky. So that's the reason I don't come to the studio. Uh, I just I, I don't know. I don't think we can be friends anymore if you don't like Hoosiers. I'm so. I mean, listen. I'm all for. I'm all pro Kentucky, anti Indiana, as much as the next guy sometimes. But but you can't dismiss a great movie for. I mean, I don't. I can't stand Notre Dame, but I love Rudy. And, and I I should say, like I always do, there are parts of Indiana I do like. There's people of Indiana that I do like. Uh, but I, I've just had one too many bad experiences in that state to. Uh, for me to to love the state as a whole. Uh, Trevor, last topic of the show today. Okay. So in NBA 2K next season, you might be able to play with Louisville. Uh, 2K Sports is currently trying to obtain the license for 11 schools to use in video games. I guess it'd probably be in the, in the My Career one where you're in college and you have to improve your draft stock. And they've uh, tried to get or obtaining Arizona, Arizona State, Georgetown, Kansas, Louisville, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, UConn, Villanova, and Wisconsin. And there might be a few more to that group, including Davidson and Kentucky. Uh, and, and the reason they think it could be Davidson and Kentucky is because some of the covers will feature um, Anthony Davis or uh, obviously Steph Curry. So, what do you what do you think about that Louisville potentially being in a video game? The the original the original reading of that headline almost gave me like a, a video game semi. I was so excited to see that. And then when I read more <laughs> into it, I thought you know, and I was actually well, that was one of the things I was kind of talking to Dawson too before we brought him on the air was uh, it depends on how they do it. I mean, like you just described it as being like it was part of the my career mode, which I, that's not my cup of tea. I don't really do that when I play the video games. I play a franchise. I'll you know, I'll do. I'll put hours into a game that's probably worthless and wasted of time, but nonetheless, and still enjoyed by my part. But I don't do like the micro, the, the individual guys, where you bring them up through like the the Rutgers Park, or the, you know, the, the, you bring them up and get drafted. I don't do all that. That's not really not my thing. So if that's the only way that I can in, in, incorporate using a collegiate team, i.e., Louisville or anybody else in my video game world, then I'm going to be a little upset about it. It's kind of a tease to me. But uh, I'm hope. I mean, I just I want to bring video games back to sports so bad, just so bad. I just, Ed O'Bannon's like you my top list of people that college. I would love to. If I go back in time, I would like just 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 run Ed O'Bannon over on his way to the courthouse to, to file this lawsuit. I mean, that, that'd be one of the you things want, I'd go back in time to do. So you want college video games back? That's I do. What, I want I want college football. I want college basketball. Even though the college basketballs were never really the best games, uh, they had they they. Well, you know, 
But bring but today's back. technology, college basketball could have been. They they could have made that awesome. Yeah, I mean they haven't made one in what almost. It's probably been at least seven or eight years. I want to. It was the yeah, la- last one they came out with was the year. That, for, I think it was two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It was Grievous Vasquez's senior year at Maryland. I don't know if that helps or not. I just because I remember using Maryland a bunch of times when I played my friends. Yeah, I I think they could. I wish they'd bring him back too. I think this is a step in the right direction, though. I, I think it'll be really cool uh, if if they are going to use it in, a, in my player setting. I don't know if you're. Uh, some people probably listen to this TV sh- or this radio show and say they talk movies and they talk video games, and I don't like watching these movies and I don't play video games. Uh, but if if you're familiar with my player, we well, did talk sports movies and sports games though, so it's halfway there. It's probably see. I can think of a, a scenario where they could do a. Uh, a my player sort of deal with colleges that would be really cool where you get to pick one of those colleges and they put you in the NCAA tournament and then throughout the tournament you just play those other colleges and it's computer and generated and and all that and it's your your player so you get to play up to six games and possibly win the national title that would be pretty fun and then how you do in the tournament would impact your draft stock see what they need to do is just get all get the get the NCAAs don't don't worry about the kids Put out a basketball game and a football game and make every roster, every player legitimately the same height and weight and class, but where you, where you can edit them. Then let, let the little, you know, the 14 year old kid in Japan in his, in his basement reset all the rosters and correct them, <laughs> do it right. And that way I can download them here in America, as I always do. And then, then we can move on. That way you don't have to worry about, oh, well, they, they took likeness infringements from player A, B, or C on that UK roster. No, they didn't. All of yeah. them are six foot four and. And white with no unibrow, so uh, clearly there's no Anthony Davis on there. I know I'm not. I know I'm not in a video game and, and not getting. And if I were, and if I wasn't getting money, that I'd have to see how I, I felt. But I also, I just, why couldn't you just have all the kids in college sign and be like, "Hey, they might use your likeness in a video game. Do you mind sign here if you do, or if you don't mind, if you do mind, sign here, and they will just completely not use you at all." What I don't understand is I, why I, would anybody mind? I mean, when I was a kid. If I knew I was in a video game, if I was playing in college and in, in my time, when I, if I'd gone right to college out of high school, which would have been circa 97, 98, I would have been thrilled to know I was in a video game. I mean, if I sucked and it was a yeah. walk-on. I mean, I just didn't know I was in a video that, That's what I don't well, understand. I've, I've known people that, uh, that have been in video games. Uh, I've known people that have been walk-ons on teams that were added. Their likeness have been used, and they absolutely loved it. Yeah. They loved it. So I agree with you there. Uh, but hopefully this is a step in the right direction of getting some college football video games back. We're out of time for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. So join us back then, 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. Kentucky Duel, Oprah Freeze Classics, Pink Kentucky Blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two. So I'll call it blue, grass, so I'll call it purple. I'ma call it home, take a shot of troll. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to BG in my zone. Let me hear you say high time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life. When they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right. Come on.